I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. I got my. Hi, welcome back to your first million. It's Arlen. Today I'm interviewing Kara Golden, who is the founder and CEO of Hint Water. You've no doubt seen Hint Water at the grocery store, at the convenience store, out and about. Uh, just a just a juggernaut of a of a company, as you'll see in the interview. Millions and millions of customers, and uh, revenue is off the charts. And it all started several years ago when Kara saw something missing in the market, and her early days. Um, and it sounds like. Even, you know, more recent days, she was discounted, she was underestimated, and uh, now she is just thriving. Very, very first company to do what they do in the U.S., so really interesting takeaways from an incredible source. This is a, this is a not-to-miss interview. You'll have to listen to every single word. This is one of those where I will suggest you take the notebook out. And uh, just, it's inspiring, you know, for those of you who are in the middle of something or are at a tough spot. Uh, I think it's an inspiring tale. It'll appeal to the mothers out there, to the fathers out there, to the grandparents. And uh, it appealed to me. It appealed to me as someone who is building something big and has to put one foot in front of the other every single day and keep moving forward for a purpose. And so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have uh, a very restful rest of your day and uh, get something out of this. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to my friend Justin Kahn's pod, The Quest. Justin co-founded Twitch and sold it to Amazon for almost a billion with a B, a billion dollars. The quest is about eternal growth. We all have our own battles to fight. Justin dives into the ups and downs of trailblazers around him, from tech, the NBA, K-pop, and beyond, to help you figure out life and get to where you want to be. Check out The Quest with Justin Kahn on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to my interview with Justin on episode 11 of Your First Million or season one of his podcast, episode seven of The Quest. 
Kara. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty, pretty well. Um, yeah, I have to think about it every time I'm asked. <laughs> or I ask. Right? I know. It's a crazy, crazy year for sure. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you located? You have a cool background. Anybody who can't see this, who's listening to the audio only, you have a great background. Thank you. Uh, I'm in Marin County. So just uh, about 20 minutes north of San Francisco. Yeah. Cool. And you have the word undaunted and the word hint behind you, which we're going to talk about both in this conversation. I I do. I I, uh, felt like one sort of goes hand in hand with the other at this point. Yes. So you, um, I'll have you introduce yourself um, more officially, actually, because I want to know how people identify themselves. Um, But Hint is the the water company that you own. Mm that you started and own and it's uh, got to hear all about that. Cause I think it's going to be very inspirational for our audience and undaunted is the name of your new book. So let's start with hints and how you identify yourself. Do you identify yourself any other way first? Sometimes uh, I like to say, well, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, you know? I, yeah. You know, I, I just, uh, I think all of those things, right? I, I think for me, I have four kids. Um, so I like to talk to about myself as being a parent and uh, and a sister and uh, a strong woman and all of all of that. Um, but in addition, I guess I'm a founder, I'm a CEO, um, I'm a leader. I'm, you know, so there's a there's a lot of uh, it's it's a lot of um, titles yes. <laughs> along the way. Yes. And hint, hint, hint. You hear that word multiple times a day, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I started my company hint, um, which is for those of you watching on it's, uh, this I'm having a watermelon hint right now. It's, uh, unsweetened flavored water. So may seem like a, uh, there's a million of those products out there, but 16 years ago when I started an unsweetened flavored water company, it was not just a new product or a new company, but also an entirely new category, um, which we, I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. But basically, uh, I was a diet Coke addict. I didn't realize I was a diet Coke addict, but Let's I say was- that one more time for people to, a diet Coke addict, not a diet- yes. Dot, 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 Coke addict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I was drinking my diet soda for years and thinking that I was doing just fine and better and uh, then, then drinking full-fledged sugar soda, of course. And uh, it was not until I had developed terrible adult acne when I was um, actually a tech executive at America Online for seven years running their e-commerce and shopping partnerships and I was taking a break to be a mom. I I had uh, three kids under the age of four at the time, and I really wanted to not miss those years. And it was not the most popular um, idea amongst my family or friends to kind of take a break and be a mom because people said, like, what are you doing? You're the youngest vice president at America Online. You're one of the few females. Why are you getting off the train to, you know, go and be a mom? Can't you do both? And and uh, I kept thinking, you know, maybe I could, but I really wanted to not miss this time. And, and that's when I decided to take this time to really 
also get healthy and start cooking and shopping at this new fancy market that had just opened called Whole Foods and mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And what I realized was that the um, I tried a bunch of different diets. I went to dermatologists to try and clear up my skin. I had gained a bunch of weight in addition to that my skin and my energy levels were down. And and again, I thought, well, maybe it's just because of, you know, I've been eating, uh, you know, over the years, I could never lose weight. I was exercising all of these things that, you know, I just thought that that was that I was the problem, right? That it wasn't anything that I was actually putting into my system. And the last thing I thought was going to be the the issue was this diet soda. And when I swapped out my diet Coke for plain water, I think one day I was kind of joking around saying, okay, my skin is definitely looking clearer, but the problem is, is that I'm dehydrated and I don't drink enough water, but water is so darn boring. I mean, who wants to sit here and drink water all day? And that's when I I think I was cheating actually a, a little bit by, or I thought I was by just slicing up fruit and throwing it in the water and was kind of, you know, joking around about, well, if this will get me to drink water, it's better than, you know, all those chemicals and, and, uh, you know, all the sweeteners in the drink, but two and a half weeks after giving up my diet Coke, that's when I lost 24 pounds. Um, my skin cleared up and, uh, my energy levels were back. And I was like, hold on a minute. What just happened here? How did this, mm-hmm. how did this happen to me? And, you know, what I realized, I think much more broadly is that it was the world in my view was filled with healthy perception products versus healthy reality that there were, you know, all kinds of low fat, this, and everything's going to make you all healthy and better. And the reality is, is that there were no guarantees at all. And people we're also spending lots of money on different diets and buying low fat products. And I don't know, it just, it, it just seemed to me such a problem on a lot of levels. And again, like a year living this way, people would ask me, how did you clear up your skin? I mean, like what makeup products or skincare products are you using? What, um, you know, what, like you lost this weight. How did you do that? What diet? And I just, you know, shared with people that I just gave up drinking diet and instead figured out a way to enjoy water. And that's what changed my life. And again, I, I, I just, I never really thought about what I was doing as let me go start a company or this is my time to go be an entrepreneur. Instead, I felt like if I could actually bring a product to the market that similar to what I was making in my kitchen at home and help a lot of people, that'd just be so damn cool, right? Like everyone, I I mean, I wasn't a nutritionist. I wasn't a doctor. I was just telling people, this is how I started enjoying water again. And people were like, I mean, everybody was listening. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So that's when I walked into Whole Foods in San Francisco. And I said, how do I get a product on the shelf? And Again, I had no idea what I was doing. I was a tech executive. I wasn't, I never worked at any of the big food or soda companies. And, you know, and I just thought, what's the worst that can happen? They say, you can't do this. And I just thought it was funny. I mean, I don't know. I just didn't take it very seriously. And then over time, I mean, it grew. And today, Hint is the 
largest private non-alcoholic beverage in the country that doesn't have a relationship with Coke, Pepsi or Dr. Pepper Snapple. And, you know, we've done it one bottle at a time um, from somebody who didn't have the right experience. Um, and it's uh, it's been a wild ride and a lot of fun, a lot of challenges along the way that I never expected. But again, I, I I'm uh, I, I never thought about starting a a beverage company or taking on the giants as many people have talked about instead what i i i led from a place of feeling that if i could start something that really helped a lot of people and change something that was very important to me that was really challenging for me health then that could actually that just that would make me really happy and fulfilled and that's what i've done mm. wow i mean that's just a mic drop and a half isn't it Um, And you said you were building a new category, which I have some experience in in understanding how lonely that can be and how challenging and also a lot of naysayers at that front gate there. Um, But you understood because it worked for you, right? It wasn't so much. And I want to point out, this isn't a a weight loss product. And I know, and your, your results Mm -hmm. were were different than anybody else is going to be, but you were saying this is just another way to enjoy water. This is a different way to enjoy water. Um, what were some of those, the, the few, the first few years, what were the, what was that like? It was crazy. I mean, first of all, I had, when I decided I had committed to myself to actually write a little mini business plan and, and think about starting this company, I had four kids or I was pregnant with my fourth. By the time I actually got the first bottle on the shelf at Whole Foods, I had four kids under the age of six. So I was not the profile of somebody <laughs> who was going to be able to start, you know, this this company. As I shared with somebody, I, I was I was that lady walking into like Walmart or Target with four kids in a cart, and I'm like, just don't stand up, right? Like it's just, yeah. you know, that was that was me delivering, you know, cases along the way. Um, so. You know, and and I guess the other thing is, is for for me, it was it was really about this curiosity, this curiosity about how I believed I was smart and smarter drinking diet, and that didn't end up to be the case, and that was what I wanted to take to people. I I had a goal of getting it on the shelf at Whole Foods, and I achieved that pretty early. But then there were so many problems that happened that I had no idea how to fix, including um, I wanted to produce a product that didn't have diet sweeteners in it or sugar. Um, But I had no idea how to produce that product. And I was getting pressure from Whole Foods saying, well, you know, you've got a three month shelf life and you've got to get to a six month shelf life. So the bar just kept getting higher. And I mean, I'm like, well, why, why do I need a six? Because you do, that's what, that's what happens. And again, I kept thinking, well, if I actually had experience in the beverage industry, maybe I should go hire the people that have all this experience and may they're going to wave their magic wand and fix all my problems. And, uh, one of the stories that I share in the book was about a year into getting this into the market. And I, I just, I mean, I was tired. I was just really, really beat up by just hearing from, you know, buyers. I would walk into buyers' offices and I'd say, 
here's hint water, try it. They'd say, oh, wow, it tastes really good. And I'd say, yeah, it's an unsweetened flavored water. And they'd say, oh, great. What's it sweetened with? And I'm like, are you dumb? You know, like, are you listening? You know, it's an unsweetened flavored water. And and they'd say, well, uh, are you like, where do you fall? And, and I'm, that was the first time I ever knew there was like a planogram and the planogram, like there's water and there's diet soda and there's enhanced water, which is all sweetened. And then there's regular soda. And I'd say, okay, well, I'm a new category. And they'd say, well, that's above my pay grade to allow you to be in the store. And I'm like, what? I mean, this is crazy. And so again, coming from another industry into this industry, my curiosity was definitely there. I was following, but there was a battle, right? That I had just been going one after the other. And it was the same story. And, you know, they'd say, well, you know, you, you started this category, but, you know, there's no other people in this category. So why do we think that it's actually something that anyone wants? And I mean, it was just, it it was hard. It was tiring. It was lonely. It was frustrating. It was just, I did not know how, you know, to get this message out. And then a friend, I was sharing sort of my frustration and being, you know, kind of thinking I was still getting calls from some of the tech firms and asking me to come and kind of do what I had done at AOL and build out, you know, an early e-commerce and and marketplace for them. And I thought, I don't know, maybe I just go do that. Maybe this is way too hard. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't have the right people. I don't have the capital all, you know, I have four kids. I mean, I'm never going to be able to get this done. So she, uh, this friend of mine said, you know, I was on a plane and I met this guy very senior at Coca-Cola and he, uh, seemed like a nice enough guy. I, I, why don't I shoot him an email and see if he'll talk to you? So he agrees to talk to me. I'm super prepared. I get on the phone with him and uh, I'm like first 15 minutes sharing all the success that we had had just in the Bay Area and like 10 stores. And I said, you know, they reorder. People really like it a lot. They're requesting more flavors, all the stuff. And uh, but it's, you know, I didn't know how to produce for a longer shelf life. I also, Whole Foods was saying, we want to put it into other regions and you have to have a distributor. I, I was saying, do you have a distributor's phone number? They'd say, no. <laughs> I mean, like all this, you know, all this yeah, stuff yeah. going on. And so I was explaining to him that maybe you guys, maybe Coca-Cola could, you know, help me out. And uh, he said, he interrupted me actually um, about 15 minutes in and he said, sweetie, Americans love sweet. This product isn't going anywhere. And I was like, wait, did he call you sweetie? Sweetie. And I was just, I was like, you had four children at this point. And I, I, you know, and as my dad said later, he said, thank God you weren't sitting across the table from him. That probably would have ended really badly. (laughs) And I said, and I said, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, it's funny because I've told that story and, and, you know, talks that I've given over the years and people, different people have said, well, like, why didn't you hang up on him? Why didn't you say something to him? I don't know. I was so shocked because I had never been called sweetie before. And I just thought, I don't know, like, it's yeah. just bizarre on a lot of levels. And so I just, I, I sat there and listened and, and he went on to basically explain to me 
because I didn't have experience why he was correct and why I was wrong. And so I just let him keep talking. And I remember tuning in about maybe 10 minutes into letting him talk. And he, he said the consumer wants zero calories at the time. Diet drinks were 10 calories. And he said, they want this, they want this, they want this. And never in the next 45 minutes, did he ever mention the word health? Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember hanging up the phone with him and it was pleasant enough. We hung up the phone and I thought, and, and I think he, he really thought I was probably going to give up at this point and close down, you know, this crazy idea, but I thought I could do that or I could throw the gas on because we're like two ships. He's, he's this massive cruise ship and I'm this, you know, rowboat with only one row, right. That's, you know, going really, really fast. But if, you know, he could turn that ship around, if I really make him realize that there's a consumer for this product. And I'm seeing these consumers and the fact that I had been drinking so much diet soda over the years and it wasn't getting me healthy. And I had woken up and realized I had been fooled and I wasn't going to have it anymore. That's when I really felt like, you know, I was onto something and he wasn't onto to it yet. You know, he could really, if he, if he knew what I knew, then he could hop on it and spend lots of money and catch up. And, and, uh, so obviously I decided to throw the gas on and just keep going on, on, you know, my mission. And I think probably something that really helped me a lot, Arlen, was the fact that I had consumers, right? I had consumers writing into me and, it, you know, it's fascinating 16 years ago, it was, um, it was the first time I had ever heard of this disease called type two diabetes And, um, and we had, you know, being in the tech industry, we put, uh, our 800 number in our email, which was very unusual for food and beverage companies 16 years ago to be doing that. But in tech, that's what we did all the time. We put it on the product. And so I, um, I started hearing from consumers from day one of getting it on the shelf at Whole Foods. Now there weren't billions of consumers or millions. There was like a few, but people would write into me and say, thank you for letting me drink water again. Um, you know, and, and there were other people, we don't make any health claims, but there were other people who were writing in saying, you know, I have this disease called type two diabetes, which is different than type one diabetes. And I don't know why I have it, but I have it. And I have to be really, really careful with these diet sweeteners because they're causing erratic spikes. And I just became so curious how a product like Hint that was, you know, $2 or less could actually allow people to know that they could. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and, and the power of that really kept me going. Even when I would remember about, you know, somebody calling me sweetie, I thought there's nothing I can do about that conversation but I can do something about servicing the consumer. If business and tech news shapes how we view the future of everything, how are we sure that those who lead the future have the full story when communities of color are rarely considered hubs for business, talent, and innovation? The Plug is the first journalism and insights platform examining Black tech innovation. 
By reporting on startups, investors, and corporate partnerships, they're creating business intelligence on the trends shaping Black innovation. Check out their data and become an annual subscriber for 15% off with the code ARLAN, A-R-L-A-N. Check them out at tpinsights.com. That stands for thepluginsights.com. tpinsights.com. Let them know I sent you. Well, I have to know, because I know we're on the edge of our seat. We have to know how many consumers today have have consumed Hint. Or what, what metric can you It's can a you good share? question. I mean, I, you know, millions of consumers, I think we're uh, about the, the unique thing about Hint. And this is, a, you know, sort of a, uh, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur and author, but also kind of an accidental direct-to-consumer business because 50% of our business is direct-to-consumer, which is very, very unusual for, uh, you know, a food or beverage company. And that primarily happened because we started to see as we were growing in stores and we started to get big enough, which is frankly what happens to a lot of beverage companies and probably food companies in different categories too, but we were feeling like we were getting blocked, right, by some of the stores that they were saying, look, you know, we have relationships here and they don't really want you in here or they don't recognize this unsweetened flavored water category. And so that's when we initially went into Amazon. And then after going into Amazon and being successful and and recognizing that consumers really wanted to buy cases of, of Hint and have them shipped home and a pretty big subscription program first on, on Amazon. That's when we decided a really, really important aspect, which was that uh, Amazon and all the rest of the stores wouldn't have everything that we would do. At, at best, when you're a new product, they'll take like two or three SKUs, right? Just to test it, just to see if it'll work. We had over 20 flavors. And that was the thing that our consumer really wanted from us. They wanted variety and they wanted more and more flavors, which by the way, is really unique for a beverage. Like if you think about Diet Coke, for example, when people are Diet Coke consumers, they're not going and having Coca-Cola or some of the other products that Coke has. They're, they have that and they're, that's it. That's what they do. And even vitamin water, I mean, I know many of the people from the original team of vitamin water, it was the same thing. If you like Formula 50, you weren't drinking anything else. You, if, if they didn't have that in stock, you would just forget it. You wouldn't have that product. With our product, people might have a flavor, a favorite flavor like watermelon or cherry or blackberry, but then they'll have another one. And we've seen that consistently um, throughout. And that was really the key reason why we wanted to do the direct to consumer program. But um, I don't know, I think nationwide, and that's our business has grown 50% um, since in the last 12 months, but probably 60,000 stores nationwide. I mean, 60,000 stores. Yeah. I'm, I'm consumers. Yeah. I mean, Later. millions of consumers. I mean that, you know, it's, one of the stories that was not shared in the book because it was everything was turned in well, before, before you tell that story, yeah. say the name of the the full name of the book um, so that people yeah. they need to check it out. So the book is called Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. And it really is the story of uh, even starting before uh, before Hint and 
and kind of my journey. I mean, the last of five kids grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona before it is what it is today. I mean, it was, you know, a hundred thousand people there, maybe between Phoenix and Scottsdale. It was still, it was pretty small. And, you know, I was a kid with big dreams and wanted to be a journalist. And, uh, the story was really a, you know, story of, I had read the mastheads that all the magazines were coming from New York. So I literally, you know, saved all my dollars from waitressing and got to New York city and, and, uh, tried to figure out how to get into fortune magazine. And that never happened, but I did, uh, end up working for time, not in editorial, but in circulation. And anyway, so many stories along the way about just what I've learned and not just in building hint, but around, you know, nothing's going to happen if you don't actually go out and try. And so often we're afraid of, of failing, um, and we believe that that if that if we don't try something, we're we can't fail, but we also can't succeed, right? It, unless we go out and give it a try, and um, and just so many stories along the way that I've shared with other entrepreneurs, shared with um, girlfriends, and and really want to people to kind of learn about those things that I didn't, you know, come from some, uh, you know wealthy, wealthy family by any stretch. And, and that I, that I was a kid that always was curious, always was trying to come up with ideas to, to do better in some way. And, and that's the story. But in addition, if you want to launch a food or beverage company, it's definitely your book, um, to, to read, to learn a lot about many of the challenges, um, that I had along the way, but also many of the lessons that I learned along the way is, Steve Jobs uh, once said, you know, the dots eventually connect. And I'm a big believer, uh, even, you know, what I've seen in the pandemic. Uh, one of the stories that I talk about in the book is the 2008 and 2009 financial crisis and how running a business during that time, I mean, Hint was started 16 years ago. We were just a few years out of the gate, didn't have our direct to consumer business started. It was incredibly challenging. Um, we had an investor, um, still have that investor, uh, that was basically seeing that we were almost out of money. Um, we knew we needed to raise money. And so we, we really, we, my husband was our chief operating officer as well. And we, you know, really rolled the dice and bet pretty much everything, our house, we had four kids. I mean, there was, you know, a lot on the line, but in exchange, we basically said, if we, you know, do this and we achieve certain goals, we want to rework exactly what the plan was. No one does that, right? No one actually, they just assume that they have to, you know, go and do something without actually going back and trying to figure out how can it be a win-win in some way. And, and we did that. And it's a story I share in the book that I think a lot of people have, um, you know, that a lot of people have read about it and have, you know, thought about it and, and asked me many questions about it. But when the pandemic rolled around in March, that's when we were closing our offices down. We're an essential product. So we always knew we were an essential product, water, but um, there's a new definition. We're FDA regulated. So there's a definition of essential product when you go into pandemic status that, of course, I had never been in. Um, none of us had really been in it. 
Um, but that meant that our plants had to run 24 hours a day. We had to be using, you know, best practices to stock bottles on the shelf and really making sure that everybody in the U.S. had, you know, product and and on their store shelves. And so it was at a time when we were fine in terms of capital, but we were growing extremely um, a lot. You know, we had just gotten commitments at the beginning of 2020 that we were going into Walmart and Sam's Club and Aldi, some massive retailers. Um, and I remember calling my CFO and I said, I think we need to raise capital. We need growth capital. I mean, we're really running it tight. And it was primarily looking back on that 2008, 2009 time when I don't want to go there anymore. Right. I've, I've been in that dark place where it was really scary and I had to do things that it was, you know, very risky and I didn't want to go there anymore. And that's when my CFO said, well, you know, we're all on virtual, we're on Zoom. How are you going to go out and raise capital? And at this point, and I said, we cannot allow Zoom to base, Zoom is a tool. We cannot allow it to block us, put up that wall that is going to stop us from building. We've, you know, got the right financials. We've got, you know, the right things going on in our company. We built this thing right and we need to go out and try and sell the story. And we did. And I really wanted to make sure that we had two years of capital in the bank because I had seen this ugly time in mm -hmm. 2002, very different than the pandemic in many ways, but there were similarities in terms of how people, how consumers were reacting, how, um, how, you know, the environment was, was running on fear. And so I, I felt like there were things that were out of my control, but the things that were in my control where I didn't want to make the same mistake twice was right in front of me and I needed to act then. And we did. And, but if I didn't have that time in 2008, 2009, I don't, I don't know. And I mean, I, I know you have stories like that too, where you've had challenging times and going back, you don't, you don't forget about those times you learn. They, from they were, them. they were all challenging times. <laughs> it was right. But you learn your challenging time, but you, but you did this, you were able to raise for two years plus in 2020. Yep. So that's what we did. We went out and, um, and again, we had done a massive improvements. I don't even think we knew exactly what we had done. And I really, you know, give my operations and, and my supply team all the credit for this, but we had, we had done something that really no other beverage company had done. done. We had automated a lot of our production lines and taken a lot of the people out of the actual production room. So again, we produce a product that, that not only has no sweeteners in it, but no preservatives in it. And so we had always thought, you know, what if somebody is in the room as the bottle is being filled with the watermelon extract and someone sneezes, right? Preservatives actually allow, you know, almost anything to get in there and everything is going to be fine, but we weren't using preservatives. And so we would ask this question of, of people with a lot more experience and people in the beverage industry were like, what happens when somebody sneezes and some bacteria gets in there? We knew that 
if uh, if the air was, you know, we're using HEPA filters, all kinds of other stuff in the room already. But we thought if if there's humans in there, then, you know, somebody could have allergies. They don't even have to be sick and they could sneeze and something could happen. But again, if we listen to the beverage industry, they would say, oh, it'll, it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. So for the last few years, our operations team was removing everybody out of the room. And by the end of 20, by the end of, of 2019, we were down to zero people in the room that Mm -hmm. it was all automated. And, and we had put equipment into all of the plants that we manufacture in so that there were no people in the room. And, uh, and again, like we didn't really know that that was unique and we kind of knew it was unique in the industry, but we focused on what we were doing and what we felt was the right thing to be doing when the pandemic hit and the FDA came into our plant, we're regulated by the FDA unlike a traditional bottled water company because we have fruit in our product. So we have, if, if bottled water is hard thing, like our product is even harder because we've got extra regulations on top of it. When the FDA started running around to plants, wondering if COVID was coming in through the food supply, they were also coming into um, our plant. And uh, when they came in and saw how much we had automated and how much we were minimizing risk, they walked in and then walked right out. So the moral of the story really is, um, the people who are doing things over and over and over again are probably not the, the people that are thinking about being a little paranoid, uh, thinking about innovating mm-hmm. about things because they don't have to. And, and frankly, you can look at any industry and see that it's always the people that are coming in from the outside that are the curious, maybe a little paranoid, uh, are the ones that are actually going to change the way that the norm Yes. I mean, completely the, the entire time you were talking, I was able to relate most of what you were saying to my company backstage, to so many of the companies we've invested in that we see just on a daily basis because we see so many companies. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that it's that authenticity, it's that freshness, it's that lived experience that's different. Everybody has a different lived experience and taking that in and not trying to be cookie cutter or conform can be that secret weapon that you have. Um, I I definitely want to have you back on and 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 talk a little bit more about um, all sorts of topics. But in the meantime, um, as we close out, how can people keep up with you? They definitely definitely need to go out and get the book. Oh, thank um, you. Did you read the uh, audio version? Did oh did I? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, so and the audio version is available with you reading it undaunted sorry <clears throat> undaunted um uh and and then how do they keep up how do they go run out and get a bottle of hint water right now yeah You're in well stores. you can you can go on drinkhint.com in any store pretty much uh throughout um the u.s there's plenty of supply we have now 16 feet of space and in, inside of target. Um, wow. so you can find us. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, there's so many stories in there too, where I, I remember hearing from industry experts that, um, that, you know, never get kicked out of a store, not personally, but I mean your product, <laughs> because you'll never get, you'll never get back in. And, you know, as I tell entrepreneurs, no buyers change all the time. I we've been kicked out of target 
over the last 16 years, nine times. I mean, it, yeah. it's just, yeah, like it never, it, that those words are, are, uh, not absolute for sure. So yeah. um, if, if I were writing a, a, a article about your book, I probably, or about you, I'd probably say undaunted and then unbothered because <laughs> that's what that sounds like. You, you know, but you that's, know what I, that's but, a translation. I, I think that the more challenging times you have, whether it's in your personal life or your business life, you become more resilient. And yeah. I'm thankful for that. And sometimes when you're in it, you don't realize it, right? It sucks. I mean, you're, you're living it and you're like, why won't this end? But then when you get out of it, you realize what lessons did I learn if you're smart and not to make those mistakes the second time, right? And, and instead be grateful that you've experienced it and you have to believe that it's part of your journey to do bigger things. And, and that is, I'm, I believe it. I, I teach it. I mean, I, I really believe that it's uh, it's, it really is that sometimes you just have to accept that things are going to be the way they're going to be, but hopefully they'll all make sense eventually. Well, thank you so, so much for joining. And, uh, I cannot wait to see what you all do next. Thank you so much, Arlen. Hey, it's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen Was Here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N Was Here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer, executive producer Arlen Hamilton, associate producer Chacho Valadez. Theme song is used by permission by the artist Tobey Nguigwe.